Today we sang a couple times about Emmanuel, God with us. You know, he's not just he's not just a God somewhere off afar, but he's a God with us. He came to this earth. He came to us. And to do that and to be God with us, you know, he had to be born of a virgin. You know, it wasn't just an ordinary birth. An ordinary birth would not work. You know, he had to be born of a virgin. So today, we want to start looking at that. We're going to look at being born of a virgin. Why is that important? What difference does it make? Well, it makes a huge, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, this if this isn't true, then our whole faith is for use, uselessness. It's just not use for anything if it's not a virgin birth. Um, I want to start in the beginning in Genesis. Um, Back in Genesis when uh, man fell and the the curse came in Genesis 3.15. The word was to the woman, he says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, or to, to the devil, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. What was the seed of the woman? This refers to Christ, Christ who was going to come of a woman. And there was going to be enmity. There was going to be strife between that seed and the seed of the serpent who is, who is evil and antichrist and everything that's, everything that's wrong with the world once sin came. And so we have, we have reference here to the seed of a woman. And we know that when Jesus came, he was born, born of a virgin, born of a woman. And so, you know, it reminds us that right from the beginning, God had a plan. God had a plan. And then in Isaiah, Isaiah the seventh chapter. In Isaiah the seventh chapter, the fourteenth verse it says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. So the prophecy is that behold, a virgin's going to conceive. A virgin, not just not just an ordinary woman, but a virgin's going to conceive. And she's going to have a son. And his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Because she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so because of that now, God will be with us. God himself. Then we find in the, the Christmas story then, we find all the, the references then starting with Matthew, the first chapter. Matthew, the first chapter, the 18th verse. As the word came to came to Joseph. It says, Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. While he thought about these things, behold, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this was all done, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken to the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us then Joseph being roused from sleep 
did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. And he did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. So, you know, we find here's Joseph. And, you know, Joseph and Mary, they, they were engaged. And, you know, they had no relations to this point, And all of a sudden, Joseph finds out Mary's pregnant. Now, you know, from Joseph's standpoint, this is a problem. This is a problem. We got a problem. What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do? And so Joseph's thinking, you know, he's thinking, well, what am I going to do? Put her away secretly, you know? And he's just looking at it from his standpoint, which I think all of us would at that point in time. And I believe that God, you know, had to intervene. So he had to, he had to say, wait a minute, Joseph. So he sent an angel. And he sent an angel to speak to Joseph and say, well, Joseph, you know, it's okay. Because that which is conceived in Mary was done by the Holy Spirit. You know, so this is not a normal pregnancy. This is not a normal pregnancy. This is abnormal. This is out of the ordinary. This is supernatural. This is supernatural because this is going to be God's son. God's son. And that makes a difference. Because if, if it would have been Joseph and Mary, it would have been another human being like you and me. Like you and me. Another person. A lot of times people say, well, Jesus, I believe he was a good person. You know? Well, yeah, he was. He was good. He was perfect. But it was more than that. He wasn't just a good person. He wasn't just a prophet. He was the Son of God. The Son of God. And it had to be. This becomes the crux of what we believe. And then we find in Luke, the first chapter, Luke, the first chapter, beginning at the 30th verse. So Mary, she's, you know, she has some issues, too, to think about. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of, the, of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. So, you know, Mary, Mary, she's, she's human. She has, these, she has these same issues. The angel comes and says, well, you're going to have a baby. And she goes, wait, this isn't possible. This isn't possible. I wonder how many times in situations not like this, but how many times God says to us, this is what I'm going to do, and we go, well, that's not possible. Well, that's not possible. You know, don't we sometimes think that way? You're like, well, I don't see how that could happen. Well, you can imagine Mary, you know, when she says, well, you're going to have a baby. She goes, well, no, that's not possible. That's not possible. And so the angel says, well, it's okay because the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And you're going to conceive. And, and then she goes on to say, and this, this one will be, he's going to be a king. He's going to be the highest, son of the highest. And, he's, you know, he's going to be different. He's the son of God. You know, I don't, I don't believe that Mary fully understood that at this time. You know, I don't think she fully understood what was going on. 
You know, I don't know how would you. I don't know how you would fully comprehend all that. You know, it would be almost too much, too much to imagine. And this, you know, it's not a normal pregnancy. This isn't, this isn't normal. This isn't what normally happens. How would, you, how would you share that with somebody? You know, how would you explain this? Can you imagine explaining this to people? How would you explain it? Well, it's interesting because we find then that so Mary goes to her, her cousin Elizabeth. And in Luke one forty one, it says, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that now the baby inside of Elizabeth leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. <laughs> this is not a normal pregnancy. This is not normal. She goes to visit Elizabeth, just, hey, you know, I need somebody to talk to. She walks in. What happens? All of a sudden, when, it, when Elizabeth heard the greeting, the baby inside of Elizabeth leaped. Now, why? You know, you can say, well, it probably just kicked. Well, you, I mean, I could give you that, I guess. You know, well, the baby just kicked. But it says it leaped with, in her womb. But it says then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, now something's happening. Something's happening. This is not a normal pregnancy. Now it's affecting, affecting her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, once she's filled with the Holy Spirit, she starts to speak. Elizabeth says things that I believe she didn't know. And she says things that she had no comprehension because she says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? My Lord. She says that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Again, not a normal pregnancy. Not a normal pregnancy. Because she was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Mary was carrying the Son of God. She's carrying the Son of God. And so this makes this completely out of the ordinary. Because it has to be. God has to send His Son into the world. He sends His Son into the world to do the work, to pay the price that He had intended. And so we find that throughout Scripture then is in Jesus' time on this earth that this becomes a problem. Becomes a problem who his father is. Because he's the son of God. He's the son of Mary and Joseph, but he's also the son of God. And anytime he says that, he gets himself in big trouble. Big trouble. I want you to look at John, the sixth chapter. John, the sixth chapter, the 41st verse. The Jews then complained about Jesus because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. See, he says, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. I came from my father. And they said, well, now, wait a minute. Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then? And he says, I've come down from heaven. So Jesus finds you know, now there's this problem begins to happen because he starts to tell them who he is. He starts to tell them who he is. He says, well, I'm the bread that came out of heaven. And they go, well, what's he talking about? That's Joseph and Mary's son. You know, how many times do we look at it from our intellect or with our, 
the best of our understanding and we don't see what God's doing. I mean, that's what they were doing. They were looking at it from a purely intellectual, obvious look at this and saying, look, that's Joseph and Mary's son. How can he say he come from heaven? It's a problem. It's a problem. So, so they begin to question. They begin to, they says they complained about him. Now they start to, it starts to set the, the precedent of what's going to happen as we go through Jesus' life. We're going to find out that this becomes a bigger and a bigger problem. In John, the 8th chapter, the 39th verse, and they said to Jesus, Abraham's our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. They said to him, we were born of, we were not born of fornication. We have one. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were born, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. And Jesus said to him, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. So Jesus, he says to me, you know, he's talking about who's your father. What does Jesus say? He says, well, God's my father. God's my father. Because he says, I'm the son of God, conceived by the Holy Spirit. What is this called? And, the, you know, for those folks, this was called blasphemy. This was blasphemy. Now, he claims to be God. He claims that he's God. And what are we going to find as we would follow on through? You know, that's what got him crucified. The fact that he was God. But if he hadn't have been crucified, and if he hadn't have been the Son of God, then where would we be? Where would we be? If he was just a man. If he was just a man born, came to this earth, walked, did good things, you know, did good things, you know, a lot of, said a lot of good things, and we just follow him. But no. You know, if you throw out the virgin birth, it's to reject Christ being God. It's to reject the fact that he's God. And if you reject the fact that he's God, you're going to reject the accuracy and authority of God's word. Then if that's not true, then God's word isn't true. And the whole basis of our faith is completely gone whole basis of what we believe is gone if jesus is not the son of god no wonder no wonder he had such a problem with that on this earth because i believe all the forces of evil worked against him all the forces of evil worked against him to deny the fact that he was the son of god he was the son of god the one who was sent by god in first peter first peter the first chapter the 18th and the 19th verse, it says, Knowing that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. How were we redeemed? Why were we redeemed? Do we need to be redeemed? Why do we need to be redeemed? What's wrong with us? You know, that's the problem for a lot of people is they don't even feel like, why do I need to be redeemed? There's nothing wrong. I believe a lot of times that's, that's a problem. If, nobody, if people don't have a need, they have a real hard time believing that 
they need a savior. Somehow they got to be convicted of their sin. Somehow they got to see their need. But if you don't have a need, you don't need a savior. If you can handle life, you will find sharing with people. The hardest people to share with are the people that have no need. They have no need. You know, if you tell them you need a savior, well, I don't know why. You tell them they sin. Well, I live a pretty good life. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good. If you don't see a need, you don't need a savior. But as we see the need, we realize that we need to be redeemed. That when man sinned, we were separated from God. Separated from God. Once man was separated from God, then everybody has a need. The reality is everybody has a need. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short. Doesn't matter how good we are. Doesn't matter if we think we have a need or don't think we have a need. Doesn't matter. We're all the same. We've all sinned and have a need. We need a Savior. We need to be redeemed. We need to be bought back to God. And he didn't do that with silver or gold, but he did it with the precious blood of his son. So he had to send his son to this world. Not just anybody else. Nobody else would have worked. You know, you couldn't just say, well, let's pick the best. Let's pick the best guy around and let's, you know, crucify. You know, what would we have done if we did try to figure this out? Pick the best person around and put him on a cross and crucify him and then what? Then what? You know, he also needed to be resurrected from the dead so that we have victory over sin. We have victory over death. Because he paid the price. Because he was the son of God. He was not just any ordinary person. It says he was a lamb without blemish. He was perfect. Perfect. Never sinned. Willing to pay a price. The Bible says he what? He laid down his life. He laid it down. He gave. And he had to because God said, I'm going to send my only begotten son. God so loved us that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, you know, when you think about it, I mean, if anybody ever says, well, it doesn't matter. You know, what's the difference if Jesus was born a virgin? What's, what's the difference? Well, it's all the difference. It's all the difference. If he's not the son of God, and as far as I can see, our faith is in vain. What, what's our faith in? But he is the Son of God. He did come and he did pay the price. And it was interesting at his birth, you know, and you talk about it, not an ordinary pregnancy, but it just always amazes me how at his birth, the people that came, what did they do? They fell down and worshipped him. Now you can, you can make eyes over a baby. You can say, oh, nice. Oh, it's so cute. No, they worshipped him. They acknowledged him. The angels came and acknowledged who he was because it wasn't an ordinary birth. It wasn't an ordinary pregnancy. It was God's own son. God's own son. You know, we sing, born in a manger, but born as a king. Born as a king. You know, the minute he was born, he was the king. He was the king. You know, it didn't, didn't look like a king, but he was because as the son of God, he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so as we look through, as we look through time, you know, way back when Jesus walked, 
people struggled with that. They struggled with that. Some, some accepted it. Some rejected it. Some crucified him. And nothing's changed. To this day, some accept him for who he is, for what he's done. By faith, they believe that he died for them, that he paid the price to redeem them back to God. Others reject him for all kinds of reasons. Some not thinking they have a need, not being aware of the need, not being willing to admit they have a need. You know, sometimes when you admit you have a need, it puts you in a place of vulnerability. You know, if I don't have a need, I can kind of like, well, I can handle things. I can handle this. I can handle life. I can handle whatever comes against me. But you know, it's not wrong to have a need. It's good to have a need. To know we need a Savior. To know we need a Savior. We can't save ourselves. And God sent His only Son to pay that price. Born of a virgin. Sent His Son to pay the price for your sin and mine. Not an ordinary birth. Not an ordinary pregnancy. But one from God. Let's all stand. Lord, as we come to this time and we remember your birth, Lord, just remind us of who you are. Lord, sometimes maybe we uh, get a little complacent with uh, seeing pictures and, and things that represent the birth. And, and Lord, just help us remember as we look at those pictures, remember, it's not an ordinary birth. It's not an ordinary pregnancy. But Lord, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Even in the manger, you were the king. And Lord, help us to realize that you want to be our king. That Lord, as we have need, because we've all sinned and come short, Lord, help us to receive your forgiveness. Help us to accept what you've done for us and then to live our lives faithful to you. Lord, that we'd be faithful to what you've done for us. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for our love, your love for us. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to go forth and remember all that you've done for us. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a need for prayer today, you can come up. Tom and Pam will be up here.